It can't be that time of the week again. It is. It's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jodie Rainsford and David Hellard. You're still going, you're still yeah, doing no, I finished exactly the same time as you. That was perfect. Oh, but well, we'll edit that bit out and then it will sound as if we intentionally finished at the end at the same time. Yeah, it's that sort of synchronicity we've got into now we've been doing this for so long. Yeah, it's, it's professionalism. through. Actually, I've been listening to other podcasts this week. I listened to two different ones. What did you listen to? Um, they're probably the same as everyone else. So I listened to My Dad Made a Porno. And uh, what's the other one called? Not Alibi, Serial. Oh, yeah. I, do you know what? I've never listened to Serial. I keep hearing how really amazing good. it is. but Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's, it's everything we're not. It's really well scripted. <laughs> it's researched. It's engaging. It's, I, I just love it, actually. I was listening to it thinking, my God, we are so far away from anything verging on this. Would Miranda Sawyer approve of that? She clearly would, wouldn't she? Oh, Miranda would be what? She would absolutely love it. it I mean, it is. It's, I'd, I'd rather listen to it than watch most television shows, which it's quite rare that I say that about a podcast. Uh, I thought you were going to compare it to something meaningful there. I'd rather listen to that than what. It's like a TV program, but without visuals. It's better. Well, it's the similar. The most similar thing would be making a murderer or the Jinx. Is it? Is it? Both. Is it a crime drama thing? Almost. So it's a. She's not a lawyer. She's but she's she's very. Actually, I don't know who the presenter is. I don't know what her background is. But she looks into the case from about ten, actually fifteen years ago now. I think it's ninety nine. It happens, and she goes through what happened at the time and then interviews people and then re-examines things so it's you know what's happened you know the guy's in jail for it but it's questioning whether he should be there or not it's really good and well you've sold it to me that sounds really interesting are you being sarcastic i am being sarcastic (laughs) it's fantastic you know if you well it's like being a really good csi uh, ncis or whatever it's called csi i don't like any of those things if like you're watching it. a good detective show, I don't like. I don't like detective shows. I think you're talking to someone who who doesn't appreciate it. But it's also really good because it's if you like psychology or no, don't like that either. Okay, so maybe may, maybe don't bother with that. One <laughs> Why are you pushing other people's podcasts? You're, you're going to cause people to switch off of this and listen. I, I someone told me that they listen to another running podcast. What? Well, I was thinking, now that we've plugged them, maybe ah, they'll plug us. absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, we plug them, they get a few extra listeners, <laughs> and they plug us, we get millions of listeners. Could you imagine the audience for Serial coming on here and what they would think of it? I think, I think our single one-star review might turn into several one-star <laughs> reviews. I don't think we want that audience, to be honest. Yeah, that's why we haven't marketed. There is, there's, a, there's a running podcast called running commentary i've not listened to it someone's just told me about it and the premise of it is that they do the podcast while it's two comedians doing the podcast while running which on the face of it sounds terrible yeah and 
by the account this person gave it to me, sounds terrible. So I'm not listening so, to it. But I wonder where are they running? We want to try. I, well, I imagine they must be running on treadmills. I can't imagine that they'd be running outside. And well, they'd have to be though, surely, to add to the experience. Because if it's just them talking while running, then the running is just a complete distraction. Could you imagine how much worse? I mean, the sound can't really get much worse than it is. But can you imagine <laughs> how much worse it could be if we were trying to do this when when running? I mean, I'd be fine. I I could chat away all day. Running with you, JD, if, uh, if that's what you mean. What with your headset? Oh, that's true. Actually, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd probably have a bleeding right ear from where my headset <laughs> would bang against against my face. But uh, we should we should try it one time though. We should when we do the beer lovers marathon. Let's do a live podcast there. Well, yeah, we keep uh, the, the, the amount of times we've promised a live podcast, and then as soon as, <laughs> as soon as we drink a single beer, it goes out the window. Is it? <laughs> We don't know how to cope with the technicality of this. Someone else, someone else, record it. Well, we get to practice it at the running awards, and Pete will be there to do the technical side of things. Is Pete so he can actually train us. Is Pete coming to beer lovers? I think so. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think he's coming to both. Oh, amazing! Okay, there we go, Pete. You, you've been, you've signed up to be our um, our sound engineer for both of those because we're going to be too hammered to know what to do. Amazing. <laughs> but I'd have to. Point anyway, to- have. I have to point something okay. out, but you at the, at the start of this, you rubbished our professionalism as a podcast, didn't you? Oh, oh, well, I mean, someone had to. Well, I think everyone has. I was, um, I was beating the listener to the punch. <laughs> I know, but what you don't realise is we're turning professional. Uh, in what way? We have a producer. <laughs> Do we really? Wow. Produ- Why was I not consulted in this? You were consulted several times in this um Producer Eddie. Oh, Producer Eddie. Producer Eddie from Rome. He's in Rome. So will he be able to go... He's not here now, but will he be able to just edit in going, Hello! What what is his accent? I I don't know. I've not actually spoken to him. Okay. Oh, this will be interesting then. Eddie, you've got to say... Give us your worst accent. Give us the most racist accent you can do. It could be any race, but just pop it in there and pretend it's your accent. But the thing is, Eddie, he's like, he's, he's, this is Eddie Simmons, by the way. So if you see him in the, uh, in the forum, um, in the forum, we don't have a forum, on the phone, <laughs> Eddie, cut that bit out. If, um, <laughs> <laughs> if we see him on the Facebook uh, group, then, uh, then you know what he is. So, so Eddie's, um, Eddie's editing this, uh, he's editing our episodes now from Rome while he's studying his ancient history and Italian degree. So maybe we need to drop in some facts in the podcast that will help him with his studies as well. Absolutely. I'm sure we'll have a lot of ancient history and Italian knowledge. Montebella. Super alcoholici. Is that really strong alcohol? No, in spirits. Super alcoholici. That's an amazing word. (laughs) I'm going to remember that. I'm going to use that for sure. Um, Well, thank you, Eddie. He's got the hardest job in... um, in podcast land, well, are, there, are there jobs in podcast land? There are. There, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But already, already, he's brought a level of professionalism to this podcast that I and you would never have done. So not only not only is he editing the podcast professionally, yeah, um, he is also um, doing all the show notes, which is brilliant, and he's also done some background work for us as well. Background research. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, using his own initiative and everything. 
background work on us, like our backgrounds. Well, not on or, our backgrounds. On some is of it the... the people we're stalking. Is it? Has he got? All the, has he got the dress of Pato Banton? No, he hasn't found that on for. No, no, the stalking stuff's left to you. You, you okay. need to find the address of Pato Banton. But you also said you're going to try and find Claire Dane's address as well. Remember? Oh, Claire Dane's, yes, because she hates the Philippines, doesn't she? They. He found, amazingly, based on our conversations in the previous episode, um, he, he found a, a number of things which um, he's looked up and he given more detail about. So, so there's three things, three things that, um, that, that we need to talk about. Now, basically, he's found a website that it's filled with actors and actri- actresses who have been rejected by the Filipino community. <laughs> So basically, this is what he he says. The Filipinos are incredibly touchy about stuff and generally seem to hate people on a national level for insulting (laughs) anything related to the Philippines. One of the celebrities is nationally hated because he insulted Manny Pacquiao. So yeah, so there's this website that's specifically dedicated to um, foreigners who uh, pretty much are hated. But you're not on there, unfortunately. Is it open source? Terry Hatcher's on there. Alec Baldwin's on there. Justin Bieber's on there, and the number one, Claire Danes. <laughs> oh, wow. So how do we get on that list? I don't know. I, I, I think we, what we do, we have, to go to the, we have to go to the source. Let me just see what it's called. It's called Archipelago Files. You need to get oh, on that okay. list. Six, you need to be the sixth foreigner who exposed the Philippines. That's Archipelago some, Files. Okay. Yeah, that's, some, that's some good research there. Now, the next piece of research that he's done is in, rela- in relation to MILFs. <laughs> <laughs> Way, Eddie, so Eddie. What, so what? <laughs> so what? He, what he's found out is that we were saying about a lot of people were saying that uh, the Filipino uh, special forces were fighting the MILFs, and the MILFs is a short, it's an abbreviation for a um, organization called the Moro Islamic Liberation Front. Uh, so he's, he's done a bit of research into it, and uh, needless to say, they're not um, they're not the nicest group of people. Splitters! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's a Life of Brian reference if, uh, if, you, if you have no idea what we're about. Um, oh, right, what have they done then? Um, general beheadings, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. They love their beheadings, don't they? God, beheadings are, are really in, aren't they, with these with these Yeah, Islamic really now. in. I know. Odd, isn't it? Um, and then he did a bit of a bit of looking in the background of um, Runner's World and Running World. And, um, oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, he said, found that Runner's World has cleverly done paid advertising that um, mentions Running World in it, um, but points back to Runner's World. So they've advertised on their rival's website, <laughs> linking back to their website. No, well, no. So basically, when you type in Running World, actually, I'm going to try this now. If you type in Running World, they've paid yeah. for advertising that points back to Runner's World. Oh, so they've done their Google AdWords. Yeah, so. yeah. Have a look. Go on, do it. Running World. Runner's World, nice. Yeah, if we do Runner's World, do Runner's Running... Um, <laughs> so if you type in Runner's World, it's... No, there's no Running World. They probably can't afford. No, they can't beat them. Can't beat them off the top. Yeah, that's what it'll be. Oh, so Running well, It's not looking good for Running World then. No, well, the, the thing is, you don't mess with us, Running World. You don't mess with me, you don't mess with David, otherwise the force of the running community turns on you. And where are they now? Yeah, where are... Uh, well, maybe they're a bit at the Running Awards. They could be. Have we heard anything more about the Running Awards? Have we been uninvited yet? We're still all four cylinders, full gas, and we've <laughs> full got... Full gas. Str- I couldn't think of my analogy there. I thought, where am I going with this? I know it's to do with cylinders, but we've, we're also 
we've been invited on a run by Strava to begin with as well. Oh, have we? Yeah, there's a hundred... A hundred miles beforehand. hundred miles, yeah. <laughs> this is their plan. Just... We, we haven't uninvited you, but there's not much chance, <laughs> there's not much chance you're going to get to the finish where the running awards is. <laughs> we'll get there next year. Yeah. But they, they've invited us on a, a run with a hundred bloggers... I can't even think there's a hundred running bloggers. Oh, I, do you know what? I've been on PR things. When I was at, when I was at um, uh, men's running, I went on PR things where the PR company had got running bloggers along. And we talked to these running bloggers. They're like, they had like eight readers or something. So <laughs> I don't know. The key thing is, isn't it? It's, um, it's how engaged your audience is rather than how many people are in your audience. So um, there's probably a there's probably hundred running blogs. Will a hundred turn we- up? I can't imagine so, but you never know if it's free stuff. If you're a running Everyone. blogger and you're you're listening to this, um, let us know because it'd be good to uh, be good to have some forward intelligence. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll well we'll, we'll hopefully see you there. Yeah, it'd be good to coordinate it first, though, wouldn't it? Just in case. Yeah. Just in case this this could be a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we're still. Uh, they've not retracted any of their offers, so we've got our private room. And I think we're going to know quite a lot of the people there anyway. Yeah. I think it's going to be amazing, amazing evening. But um, anyway, t- let's, let's see how, what we've been up to. What, what's uh, new in your world? Okay, so two things have happened. So the Ooh, first thing okay. was um, I've, been, I've been suffering. So uh, I went out for a run, a 5K, and I ran okay. without any problem whatsoever. So a couple yeah. of nights later, I went out and ran five yeah. miles. No okay. problem. So I thought, hey, here we go, here we go. He's coming back to his best. So then at the weekend... Is that all it takes for you to get back to your best? <laughs> no. Look, look, running twice without <laughs> any... <laughs> it all starts. Every journey starts with a single step. <laughs> it does. I think, I think Eddie Izzard said that. Your yeah, enemy, child Eddie killer, Eddie and he's at it again. He's not learned. He's, not, he's, not, he's, still, he's still going. He's travelling around South Africa, murdering children. <laughs> he is 27 in 27 days. <laughs> <laughs> That's genocide. Ew. Um, and so I thought, okay, I've done, I've done like a couple of runs in a row and I'm not in pain. Okay, I'll go for, I'll run from Hayward's Heath to Brighton. 15 miles. Yeah. Okay. In pain the whole way. So... Um, and pretty much couldn't walk the following week. I was in so much pain. So I finally decided to go to uh, the doctor to get a referral. So how many how many weeks from the start of this pain have you decided <laughs> to find out what's the cause of the pain? Uh, it's only been, what, what month is it now? March. It's only been four months. <laughs> four months. And no. how, how many of those months, how many weeks or how many days have you not been running because of the injury? Oh, a lot of them, a lot of them. I haven't, I've not, I've not done, say, over five miles of running for, for most of my runs. It's pretty much been not a lot of running, if I'm honest. You know, when you see in the Guinness Book of Records, people that have 18 stone cancerous growths, and you think, how the hell did that happen? It's people like you, isn't it? People that just think, well, I could go to the doctors, or I could just carry on being miserable. Yeah, I'll be fine. You know, it was, so basically, I was thinking, right, this is still hurting after all this time. I haven't done a huge amount of running. I've been doing lots of stretching, thinking that it'll sort itself out. So th- there must be a serious problem. There must be a serious problem for this. Disease. So I went to the doctor 
um, and I had a, I had a joint appointment with uh, me and my son. So he had okay. his appointment first, and I, I went in with it as well. And um, and Libby that was there with me, and so she'd been nagging me for ages to go to the doctor. So go to the, more like go to the doctor, stop moaning and whining. So, <laughs> <laughs> really sympathetic, really sympathetic. So I'm thinking, oh, this the doctor's going to tell me I've got like a slip disc or something else like this. They're going to tell me that I've I've really hurt myself and I'm stupid to like try running on it, and I should have sorted it out ages ago. I was just I was like. A news conversation was going to come. So okay. you, you were basically wanted to be told that you're the biggest hero of all time to have even done three miles. Pretty much, pretty much. Remember this: I'd done fifteen miles that yeah a few days before, so it's a bit higher than three miles. So I was saying now, you know, she's like, "Oh yeah, can you like touch your toes? Can you do this? Lie on the couch, you know?" And she did things with my legs. I'm thinking this diagnosis is going to be bad. She is going <laughs> to gonna just go. I, I'm surprised you're even standing here. And she just goes, yeah, you just need to see a physio. And I'm like, what? But- she goes, yeah, you just need to see a physio. It's just, it's just a bit of like stiffness and stuff. And I'm like, but I feel like really hurts. She goes, well, you can carry on running. And the look on my, the look on Libby's face was like, you massive. Twat. Libby was there. Yes, this is that. Yes, she was there oh, while the oh. diagnosis was happening. And so, like, the, do- oh. the doctor didn't even go, oh, you shouldn't run on it. So I was just like, yeah, carry on running. I'm like, but I'm in pain. I'm in pain. Did the doctor oh, wait, wait. give a look to Libby of, like, I pity you? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And so it turns out that I'm not, I'm not doing myself any damage by giving one. So I can just carry on running. It's just going to hurt until I'm, I sort out whatever the issue is. So uh, I'm seeing a physio uh, next week. Wow. So, I mean, that's got to be a bit demoralising for your, uh, your manlyhood, really, that <laughs> you can't just take a... A little bit of pain. Well, well I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it. You know, I've I've experienced a lot of pain before running, and this feels like a different type of pain, like a pain that if you carry on doing it, you're going to cause some sort of damage, like long term damage. But you know, she's saying that, that I'm. I've just basically been wussing out, and uh, it's a bit embarrassing, really. I I still think she's got it wrong. I think when the physio looks at it, the physio go, "Oh, I'm so sorry. She's made such an error. You've you you need to be like rested up with grapes and other things." You see, I'd be worried that from now on, whenever you're actually injured, Libby is only going to ever say, "Well, do you remember that time? Do you remember that time the, the doctor said it was just you not manning up?" I've never, I've never been injured. I've never had like an injury that's lasted this long. I've had. Uh, I had like plantar fasciitis, which lasted for about eight months, but that was sort of manageable. And I knew that all I needed to do was just stop running. I, I, I had a really busy race schedule, so if I stopped running on it, it would go. And that's what I knew. But this one's different. This is, I had lots of, you know, you have lots of aches and pains when you're running and stuff. And so, and they, yeah. they, they come and they go. And this one, I thought it was getting better, you know, sort of. But yeah, this is, this is different. I, th- I, I still think I, it could kill me. So have you run quite a bit since? Uh, no. no. <laughs> it really hurts. I know that sounds like but it really it feels like there's something wrong. I'm not I'm gonna go to the physio first. Because if I end up losing a leg as a result of this, that doctor's yeah. not gonna care really. The NHS are not gonna give me compensation for losing but a leg. Think about it. the listeners. I've got basically, do you know understand like how yeah, how emasculating this? I've gone from not doing four laps of winter nuts to them being told that I should just run and stop being a massive wuss by a doctor in front of my wife and my child. And your child. <laughs> my child. Oh, even, wow. Even Hugo, at six months, he looked at me with disgust. 
Did he weep? Did, Did he, he weep? He was just. He just I, I think his first word was pussy. First word that came out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> was going to say Did Daddy he did he, did he mouth to you? I'm an orphan. <laughs> yes. I wish I was a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's really what's happened. So I'll give you an update next week, and I'm fully expecting you to say that I'm in hospital because this physio has properly diagnosed me with what's actually wrong, which is I think is bound to be a. It's like leg aids or something. Leg, <laughs> leg aids. Yeah. It is. I might lose a leg, man. I might lose a leg. But um, what about you? I suppose you're, you you li- must literally be days away from having that jolly in the sand. Yeah. It's less than three weeks now, which, oh, my, bo- my God, the shit just got real. But you've been, well, prepared, you've been preparing for ages. It's not like you've just bought your bag or anything else like that. You must be training, oh, all. Must well, be training a, all that stuff for months. I've been running for ages. Yeah, I've been yeah, doing lots of that. But it's not about the running. It's about the kit, man. It's about the kit and the prep. That's what, that's, that's what the MDS is about. So you must have sorted all that out well before now. Well, that's the worrying thing. So I got my bag in the post today. <laughs> and and uh, it looks quite light, to be honest. It's quite minimalist. It hasn't got any pockets, which I think are probably quite useful to have. And <laughs> no, I don't... you don't need pockets. Standing around slouching, what do you need pockets for? Well, the because I haven't decided my shoes yet. I've got an approximate idea. Amazing. I haven't got my food yet. Amazing. Say again? Amazing. I'm just saying it's amazing that you've not sorted any of that out yet. <laughs> three weeks well, out. <laughs> but, you, but, I mean, three weeks is such a long time when, for, for things in general. I mean, you can you can get married and divorced in three weeks, but I've but suddenly now I'm thinking actually, Amazon probably doesn't deliver that quickly <laughs> if I don't sort things out pretty soon. So yeah, I've I've started going through spreadsheets and things and figuring out what what. Oh, you like this? I um I ordered a a ready meal, a, a, oh, yeah. a, fr- a freeze dried meal. What, what so what what make have you got? Which one are you are you testing at I'm this not gonna, late stage? I'm not going to say what it was just because of this story. Um, right. You'll love it as a as a vegan. So I ordered their their meal because it looked as if it was incredibly high in in vegetables, just really nutritious. Yeah. And I was thinking actually at night, what I'd love is something that tastes healthy. So I got it. I ate it. I thought, oh, this is. This is quite tasty, actually. So it's vegetable. It's veg, uh, vegetarian goulash. Okay, nice. What do you think the main ingredient is? <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Pork. <laughs> so I was looking at it thinking, how is, this, how is the protein content so high from this, from, from tomatoes and peppers? And, and yeah, it's, it's, um, it's about 25% pork, apparently. So you could have, in, in theory, you could have ordered this, gone out to the desert and run the MDS, and on your first night found out all of your meals oh, man. were primarily that. meat-based. Oh, well, the thing, the thing is, I, I would have made sure I prepared uh, or had an idea. I'd have been eating those meals well before this point, so I don't, that would never have happened. Okay, well, that's what I tried it the other day, I thought, to give it a test. Or what was it like? What did it taste like? Was it all right? Yeah, it was really good, actually. It was great. Because everyone's saying about the the number of calories per gram, and they're really focusing on that. And people are saying, if you can get your food to 
four calories a gram, you're doing really well. Yeah. And I just, I just think it's completely wrong. Everyone seems to be taking this food that is, it's like a meal, except it then has all this extra fat on top of it. Right. And so they're just taking all these really, really fatty foods that, for one, I think whenever I'm in the heat, all I want is salads and things that seem quite light. But also, I mean, even even in my, my, my physical state at the moment, which is fairly skeletal, I've still got thousands and thousands of calories of fat. So I don't really see the, the point in taking extra fat out of me to eat just for the sake of getting higher calories because I'm not going to be short on fat physically. Um, I'd much rather just take proteins and carbs and just shitload of those with some kind of freeze-dried veg that, that means I do get some, some minerals and, vent and, uh, and vitamins and things. And I like the idea of you taking out a salad with you. I, like, I, think, I think that is, is the way to go, actually. Well, you know, it's light. It's, um... <laughs> Imagine this bowl of salad attached to your <laughs> <laughs> but the but, but I, I I think so many people are taking these horrible spag bowls where they're really greasy and have no nutritional content in them at all. I mean they've got carbs, fat and protein, but there's no there's no veg in there. No. And there's no I mean cuz how I see it even things like protein because if you're doing a marathon, who gives a crap about protein? I mean, if your if your body eats itself alive, it doesn't doesn't make any difference because yeah. it's just one run. But this is six days, so by the time I get to the marathon on the last day, if I haven't had enough protein for my body to repair itself, I'm I'm essentially wasting away. So everyone's talking about carbs and fat, but I think actually protein and carbs is is going to be so important, that, like a good combo of both, so I can actually repair my muscles. Well, I think. From I think it, what's really important is that you test it when you're there. It's a good environment to test it because you've always got that fallback of having all that other food available um, on any other days. Oh, wait what a you minute. Mean? You don't have any. You can take all your own food for the whole week. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It's all such a big unknown. Oh, it's amazing. I love this. So what we're, gonna, what we're doing okay, for this episode is because it's so close to the, to the MDS, um, I'm going to. We you, you see lots of articles and lots of features about um, things that you were never told about the MDS or ten reasons to run the Marathon Day Saab. Um, so I've come up with my own based on what I think are the key things to remember, and they're like things that you know that no one really sort of tells you about. The sort of, you know they're not exactly secrets, but they're quite interesting. So that's so listener, that's what we're going to talk through now, and hopefully some of these will give. David, some uh, useful tips. <laughs> oh, gosh, although, yeah. although, go based on your thing, you're not going to listen to them, so it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> well, no, I'll, I'll listen to them, and if they make logical sense, then <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll then so, take them on board. Well, so the key thing is, I can't, I can't tell you anything about um, like elite running. So, you know, if you you've spoken to the man about that, he's given you his advice. You know, Mr. Mr. Kendall has handed down the you know, pearls of wisdom about that. He so, has. So I, the only thing I can really advise you on is, um, is all the ancillary stuff around it, which I think makes the MDS, really, which is what, it, is what it's about. And so, so like the first thing I would say, um, which is pertinent to this... Well, should, uh, we, should we introduce what it is, just in case... I think my listeners will know, but there might be 
the odd listeners come on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not... Okay, go on, explain well, te- your challenge. Well, um, as, I, as I see it, it's, it's, it's six days where you average approximately a marathon a day, but it's broken down into first three days between 22, 24 miles a day. Yep. Um, fourth day is a double day. And rumour has it, it's the, well, this year is definitely going to be the longest marathon sabre of all time, they said. And rumour has it, double day could be quite long. So it's going to be at least 52 miles. And then if you finish that in one day, you then get the following day's rest. And there's a marathon on the final day um, before, for some reason, they have a charity half marathon that you walk that doesn't really count towards the race. What? But this is... Yeah, did they do that when you were there? No. Yeah, they've now got a UNICEF day, I think. I don't know how, it, how it's the charity. I don't know how it helps. Because, I, I mean, I'm not going to pay anything extra to, to do, to do m- m- miles and miles at the end that don't count towards the race. But, really? Yeah, they, I think they've had a 10K some, year, some years now. It's a half marathon. They, used to, they, well, they did this thing. So basically they had two days were between 22 and 24 for the first yeah. two days. Third day was marathon day. Um, yeah. Fourth day was the long day, and it was fifty-two miles when I did it. Then you have a day off. What's the no day after that? I thought there was another, another. There can't have been another one, could there? Oh, I've forgotten. I've completely forgotten what what I did. I need to look it up. But the the final day did count. The final day was only something like ten k or whatever. But they allowed people who hadn't run the rest of the race to run it, like sponsors and stuff, like the corporate sponsors and things like that. Oh, which, so that's why it's a charity day because yeah, the money get they pay money to. Which was a bit weird. But the last day did count. Yeah, it doesn't count anymore from what people have said. Really? Yeah. Oh, you're not being you're not being psyched out here, are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty clever they have. They used to do this thing, which was just brilliant. When I, when I ran it, they did this thing whereby if you if you were in the bottom twenty slowest or bottom fifty mm. slowest, what they did is on the final day they'd send you out an hour early because you were so slow, and they wanted everyone to finish sort of round about the same time. And the, the year that I did it, there was a guy who basically bided his time. And so, no. and so basically he came in the bottom 50 and then on that final day, he, he came out <laughs> all guns blazing and fresh. pelted it, absolutely fresh, pelted it in that oh, six miles and finished first, <laughs> finished oh, before the thing. And this picture of him running down the final thing where they're expecting to fight, you know, Mohammed Ansel or, or whatever instead. Him, like, going at full pelt, running down the road to the final thing, and then the look, uh, he was describing <laughs> it afterwards, he said the look on the faces of the organisers was just like, what is going on? And then since that, they stopped doing it. From that, that day, they stopped the people going off an hour early, the, uh, the slow ones. <laughs> Do you think he planned it the whole time? Or oh, yeah, or he must have done. Day one or day two? No, he must have done you have to be going so slow to be in that. <laughs> what, what, that was just legendary. Just brilliant doing that. I mean, yeah. who, you know, who would have thought? Who would have thought of doing that over, like, the 144 miles beforehand just so yeah. you could run so hard in the last six miles? It's brilliant. And it would, it would make it a lot harder yeah. for, for, for the previous miles. I mean, I, I think it's easier to run some things than to have to walk at the, an uncomfortably slow pace. The thing about, the thing about this, people say, oh, you know, the, the thing about the, the Marathon des Sables is 
that you can walk it. And yes, to an extent, you can walk it. But there's one thing to remember, that if you do walk it, you still get the same amount of water as everyone else. You're out in the sun a lot longer and you're exposed a lot longer. So actually walking it, I think, is, is much, much more difficult than running it. Because you Especially are... the double day through the night. Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, you, you, of course you get asleep during the night and stuff, but you're still going to walk the next day. I think, you know, my, my key strategy was make sure that you got through that night. That, that rest day, I have to, go, I have to go down as one of the best days of my life. <laughs> <laughs> because it was, I just didn't have to run that day. It was, that, the, the, the long day for me was the hardest thing I'd ever done to that point. At 52 miles in the desert when I was hallucinating and seeing like lions and chocolate bars and all sorts of weird stuff. Um, and then I got in, you know, and it, but I, I, it was the most satisfying and it was the biggest achievement I ever had up to that point. And then that made the rest day the next day, like the best day ever just to be lying there in the tent when you're seeing all the other runners come in and stuff. So it was, it was brilliant, but to be out in that, in that sun and that heat, that was just, that's, that's an absolute killer. So, so these, right. So before we go on, the key thing we need to find out from you is what's your race number? How do I know? Well, haven't you been given it? Uh, um, I don't think so. Oh, have you not? Not to my knowledge. I mean, maybe, would it be in an email or? Um, I can't remember when I got it. I thought I got it nice and early before. No, because I know people, if you're, you, anyone can message any of the races. That's right, yeah. So, so, so you what... can go on there and you can type in any, any number and just message them. They won't, it, it can be anonymous even. You can make up the names, who it's from. So actually, um. In previous years, I've. Well, I, wonder if, year. I wonder if Dante is going to contact you <laughs> <laughs> a few times. She put an advert out in the Filipino <laughs> press. <laughs> no, one of the one of the brilliant things I found. I um, when I ran it, I was number four twenty, and one of the best things I found when when you get those notes through is that previous four twenties had gone on there and messaged me, emailed me to say good luck that they were previously 420 oh that is cool that is good isn't it it was brilliant have you ever met them ever since no 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 not met them since they didn't really give much detail they just said no like oh good luck i was 420 last year or i was 420 back in you know 2010 or whatever but it was really good it's really it's that nice spirit that's it so okay let's just yeah. move on to 10 the 10 things you need to know about the mds okay, okay. right here's number one right now this isn't going to come as much of a shock to you and you think, well, you know, obviously no, but you're going to change that pack of yours like a hundred times before you hand it over. And everyone really? goes, oh, yeah, well, my God. You'll get into camp and then as that hour looms where you have to hand over your, your bag and just keep your stuff, it's amazing how many times you will find yourself packing and unpacking and checking and packing and unpacking. It was just everyone was doing it. It was crazy. You well, get- how does it work? So I, when you say you hand over your bag... So what you do is you, 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 you go into camp and you have to count, you know, you've got your, whatever your bag is with you, your, if you've got a rucksack or, or something. And then you keep that with you for the first night out there, you know, when yeah. you're in, in the bivouac and they feed you and stuff. And then what they do is at a certain time, you've got to hand over that pack, the, the, what's it called, all of your bags and stuff and just keep the things that you've got for the race. Okay. So, the, so, the, the, the night before, is it? Is it the night before or the morning? I can't remember. Because I was wondering that, whether I could have a massive breakfast. 
It might be the morning. I can't remember. I can't remember. But you have to hand it over. And that's the, that's when it gets scary because you think, okay, I'm going to hand this over and that's it. So so um, for, if, you, if you don't know about the MDS, that basically is self-supported, which means that you have to carry everything you're going to wear, eat, you know, and take for the, the, the whole of the experience. The only thing that you're given is a, a tent, a shelter, and water on the course. And that's the only thing you're given. So everything else you've and got to carry. And salt tablets as well. And you're given salt tablets as well, yeah. And that's it. And so you get to this point where you've got to hand your pack over and just the thought of it starts getting to you. You start getting OCD. You think, well, should I pack this? You know, and even though you have this plan of what you're going to have, what you're going to keep in there, all of a sudden you start getting those doubts of maybe, maybe I do need that eighth flapjack just in case. You know, you, you start obsessing about the weight. That's the other thing. That weight does become a real obsession. I mean, I had the weight. I had all the weight things sorted out on a spreadsheet. I, I, I went mental with it. But that's still yeah. nothing compared to what some of the other some of the other like competitors have. People were emptying oh, sachets out, half of like powder in sachets in order to save weight, throwing away like bits of tin foil that they'd kept, you know, to so they could get their stoves, you know, protect their stoves from wind because because of the weight thing. It was crazy. See, I think I'm I'm going to be alright on the weight because. I'm taking so little. I'm going. I'm so minimalist that it. Other than food, I haven't really got much else in. I've got the. There, there's a. See, this is one thing you you may know or not because apparently Doc Trotters, who are the yeah medics that help with your feet, I've been told they're brilliant and they give you pretty much anything you need to help you sort your feet out. Now I'm assuming I'm going to be one of the one of the first group back, which means as long as I don't fanny around, I can get a recovery drink straight to doc trotters get sorted before there's a queue before there's any problems um, and therefore i should be able to potentially take nothing with me for my feet well okay so this is the other this is the next one okay which is your feet are going to do shit that you've never expected or experienced in your life now i when i went i was i was super careful i actually took a foot care kit with me and so each day, I carefully mm. taped my feet. Um, I sort of lanced any uh, blisters that started appearing. I was so, so careful with my feet because I just didn't want it. Mm. And it was successful to that extent that I didn't have any blisters underneath my You shouldn't really have any blisters underneath your feet, you know, on the bottom, on the soles of your feet or anything else like that because your shoes should fit well. But the thing is, what you don't expect is for your feet to expand in size. Now, I was wearing parachute gaiters. And I'd taken my, my um, shoes were a size and a half bigger as well. Yeah. And even then, the like heat on my feet made my feet sort of blow up much bigger. So although I didn't get any blisters underneath my feet, I got blisters inside underneath my toenails because they were rubbing on the top of my shoe. And so while it, was, it wasn't an issue for me running, what it actually resulted in is my... I, my, I mean, you know, I, this, this didn't really affect my running at all. It just really affected afterwards. That the tops of my... The, the blisters formed underneath my toenails. And so when the race had finished, um, I basically had to have them all burst in a really not nice way. Um, but uh, Mid-race or...? No, no, after the race had finished. I was, my, my feet were fine during the race. It's just after the race I, I suffered from... Have, have I shown you the picture? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know if I want to see it, to be honest. Oh, come on. Stop being a wuss. Here we go. So do you think I need to take some some extra well, needles or, or whatever it may be that is used for sorting out blisters? 
The thing is, I basically, well, Rory said, don't go mm. to dog trotters, they're animals. Sort your own feet out. And so I listened yeah. to him. And I'm not sure that was the best thing to do. In, in what respect? In respect that actually dog trotters, they were all right. Because part of me thinks it's not just the weight. If I, if I don't go and see them, so if I, if I don't take out my own kit, I then don't have to learn how to do all of the foot management either. Yeah. Oh, here we go. There's the, um, there's the PDF of the uh, men's running thing. It's got a picture of my toe on there. Okay, I think it's in. Got it. Ah. Oh. So they... Was that a scalpel in your toe? It is, yeah. And was that while you were out there? Yeah, no, that was after. That's after I finished, basically. So that's what they had to do with each of my toes. So they had to go in with a scalpel... Uh, I had infected blisters under my toenails as a result. Yeah. And that's purely because my feet were just boiling. They were just so hot. And there's really nothing I could have done about it. Yeah. You, know, you, I, you, know, you wear shoes, you wear the gaiters over the top. Um, my, my, underneath my feet were absolutely fine. Some people, uh, their feet were... Some guy basically had to finish on the third day because the soles of his feet fell off. I mean, he was in a wheelchair by the third day oh, i've never had a blister from running it except one time when i had an, an insole that was wasn't in there properly i've never had one in any other circumstance but there's no there's, if your if your shoes fit there is absolutely no reason for you to have a blister on the underside of your foot just these blisters these blisters weren't through um frictional rubbing those blisters were purely just because my feet didn't have anywhere to go and they were so hot yeah did i show you the other picture of when my when i got home with my feet I'll post. I'll post it. I'll post it in the group. It's a real. It's a really nice one. Basically, I had an infected blister, so I had to. I lost eight of my ten toenails. Oh. And actually, since <laughs> and this is and this partly to do with the ultra one as well. Since since two thousand and eleven, I must have cut my toenails only ten times. They're that dead. Wow. Okay, that's yeah. quite handy then. It is quite handy. They're, I mean, like they're really flake because basically they went in through the nail bed, so it effectively killed killed the nails. Yeah. And so yeah, I had to have these like really strong antibiotics and stuff uh, when I got back. But like, so there's a key thing to remember, and it's really interesting you say that about the um, about the doctrosses. So they will get rid of the stuff. So if you if you even if you don't need um, like care at doctrosses, if you yeah. go there and sit on the thing. They've got water and stuff for you to clean your feet. So even if you don't need medical help, you can go there and actually get your feet clean without incurring any penalties. So there's a there's a top tip for for anyone who uh, who wants to get their feet washed because you don't you know you're not gonna, of course you're not going to have a chance to do anything like that. The only reason that they they've got that is so that you can clean your feet up before having it treated. But they're absolutely fine. They all they they know what they're doing. They do weirdly. And I don't know why this is, but there only seem to be women, which is a bit odd. In dog trotters? Yeah. And attractive women as well. Now, oh, <laughs> so wonderful. A, lot, a lot of people have pointed out that there seems to be like, there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of men. And old uh, Patrick seems to, uh, Patrick Bauer, the, um, the organiser, and he seems to choose attractive young French women to do the uh, feet duty. But um, Well, it seems like I might be... Uh, <laughs> Putting tons of sand in my trainers before I even start the race, <laughs> just to ensure I need to go and see them. So yeah, so that's the that's that's the other thing. So yeah, your feet are going to do some some weird shit that you just the heat will do stuff to it that you just don't expect. So and, I, and I'm not sure there's a lot you can do to prepare for that without without training out there and stuff. So the other thing you need to remember, which is the third thing, is have you got your EPG yet? 
Mm, so that's a bit of a red flag at the moment. What do you mean? So I haven't passed it. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you mean you haven't passed it? So I went last week and they they said I need to go and get a different test done because it's come back inconclusive. I can't tell whether they're being polite or and trying not to say, you're going to die. But um, yeah, I've got to go and get something else that sounds like an EP, EPG, but... ECG, sorry, but it's not ECG, sorry. quite. The, yes, it's not quite the same as an ECG. It's um, but it's very, very similar. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, so actually, this could have highlighted. This isn't going to sideline you. I'm not. It's not an excuse coming up here, is there? <laughs> well, that's why I don't know. If if that comes back negative, is that it? Am I? Is it well, game over? Well, this this is the next point. That that ECG. How much are you paying for your ECG? Nothing. Right. My doctor charged me like thirty five quid for it. Okay. Yeah. So that ECG and all the checks that you do and all the things that you fill out mean absolutely nothing. You get there and they barely look at it. I mean, I, I must have handed it over. And this is like typical French administration. Loads of paperwork, loads of administration. I yeah. think what they do is they basically, some like university, they get some university students along and they take all these ECGs and they use it for some, some study or whatever. They didn't, they didn't even look at it when I handed mine over. Because I was thinking... Even if I did fail, I'd just fake one and just take one out. I, of I honestly do do not think they'd even notice. Brilliant. Okay. Oh, happy days. Yeah, I did, they didn't even do any like bag checks to make sure you know, all the calories and stuff. Didn't check any of yeah. that, mind you. They could probably see from my bag as I was dragging it along the floor, it being so heavy. <laughs> and it, clearly, it was clearly stuffed with food. Um, okay so the um so yeah so so the next thing is that you know when you realize that there are like chinks in the system you realize that you can start find ways of beating the system so okay once you're in camp it starts to become a little bit like prison you know prison well not not (laughs) in that sense but you know find you find ways of being able to like get on the internet twice if you speak to the right people or how do they stop you normally well, you go through the door and then they don't let you back in again. And it, but remember, how do they, do they note down your number that you've already been? I think they did. I never went and, and, and went on the internet because I, I wanted the full experience. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to go on the internet. I didn't want to like go on my phone or anything else like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. But there, you were only supposed to have like um, one 10 minute session on the internet um, okay. a day or something like that. So you can knock one out every day pretty easy. I beg your pardon? So you can knock one out pretty easy every day. <laughs> it's a more difficult. It's a French keyboard. So you... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, and there are a lot of people in that tent. I'm not so sure that they'll like you. But, but you do find you know, like, there's little things you know, in, the, in the camp. Like, you know, all of a sudden this rule that you, you, know, you can't get anything in camp. Suddenly your, your laces snap. And all of a sudden you do a few deals. You give away a few things and a pair of laces turn up. It's like it really well, that's what I was thinking. There are some things that could happen that are tiny but what would then happen if your, you know, if if your trainer did just fall apart? Well, or well when I was your... my my bag broke, my bag broke on the third day. Like the 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 strap on the front snapped, and I was thinking, oh, that's me done for the thing. Was it me done for the whole thing, or did some I miraculously find some kind of lace at some point? So there... oh, nice little. Nice, nice bit of lace was there. Nice bit of no, like, bit of, <laughs> no, like a shoelace. <laughs> my negligee that I was right. People said the negligee <laughs> was really. Was oh, that how you got it back? Okay, you you exactly. persuaded them by. Yeah, I had to go seduction. into seduction. I had to go into that into that tent and uh, perform all sorts of acts. 
So yeah, so that's the other way. So there, there are ways of beating the system. It's just you, you know. I think you'll be able to do. It. You know, you're you're amenable. But of course, every all the tents are split up into nationalities. So yeah, you know, you need to. Oh, we got to go and talk to. Well, whatever you do, don't go talk to the Filipinos. <laughs> that's the key for you. Yeah. Don't go over there. Yeah. So so the other thing is to remember. This is the uh, this is like my fifth thing is that and we were just talking about this that any ideas that you had about like plans and things you want to do they sort of go out the window. So actually, what it is, you know, you everyone has a plan about how much food they're going to have and how much they're going to eat. I mean, even after the first day when we do, you know, all of a sudden you realise you don't need that much food. You really don't. It's so hot, um, and you realise how much you get. But like you say, you know. I'm, I was probably I was probably carrying enough fat store. Even then, I was probably carrying enough fat stores to to last me about two or three months. Like you said, yeah. that you know you don't. It's a, it's about how well you're going to feel. I mean, it's a bit different for you. You're going to be you're going to be hitting it hard. So you probably are going to need some sort of a, a different type of fuel for for me who was going at sort of a, a, a slower but uh, you know sort of steady pace. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but people forget. You know, I this is. I mean, the thing is, you do stuff and you just think so naive. Like, I thought I was going to be so hungry on the thing. I took, like, something like half a kilo of flapjacks and stuff, thinking, oh, yeah, this will be, be, like, my treats, you know, after the thing. And I pretty much, after the first date, I'm like, I gave it all away. I gave all of them away. Because it was just, I'm thinking, what, you know, it seems so mental now, but you just don't know how much food you need. Because oh, I trained with food. I trained eating yeah. food. I trained, you know, in, on multi-day races with the amount of food I had. And I thought I got it about right. But as soon as you get into that, th- I mean, it was, some days it was 46 degrees. 46 yeah. degrees dry heat. And you realise, one, that you can actually run in that. It's actually fine to run it. But then you realise that the effect it has on your body is, you, without being in that environment, you just don't know. And so you lose your appetite. You completely lose your appetite. And, but you, well, that's you, what, you need to force yourself to eat effectively. Well, that's, that's partly why I, th- I thought taking, because, I mean, I joked about salads, but actually when you are in the heat, but things like vegetables and they do and fruit seems so much more appealing. Yeah. So I thought if I take something that is one of those packs that is actually really heavy, heavily veg, then that I mean, firstly they're all carbs, nutrient nutrients, but actually it should it should be quite appealing, I think. Yeah, yeah, I I, I know what you mean. There is you do sort of after eating like this that fatty crap you do sort of you i don't know i don't know whether you, you you lose your appetite because it's hot or because the food that you're eating is so horrible you just don't want yeah. to eat it anymore it's difficult to know i mean i was having it i was eating this porridge in the morning and it was like it was like wallpaper paste it was bloody awful but it did it did the trick and then i'd run all day i'd have like two... what was the brand just so i know <laughs> to avoid it um it's um i can't remember what the brand was um Oh, it was just, it was awful. They were generally all right, the meals. And then in, I'd, I'd have a couple of shot blocks while running. That was all. And then when I came back, I'd have like a, a Mediterranean pasta thing. It was like so fatty. There was so much fat in it. Um, yeah. So I they, they all seem to be like that, the ones yeah. I've seen. But they were, I had like no protein for the whole of the, um, I, mean, I suppose there was a small amount of protein in the, um, in the porridge uh, as protein, yeah. as sort of like milk protein powder. But, um, but yeah. And so, I don't know. I, I, it didn't seem to affect me, and I, I'm glad I ate that stuff. But you weren't eating. You, know, you were. I was eating it because I felt I had to eat it rather than because I was hungry. Yeah. And I, I didn't feel. I didn't feel as though I was hungry at any point on on the race. You just it, with that heat, it's difficult. There's two. Apparently, there's two things that um, scupper people. The two big things that scupper people on on the MDS is um, feet. But the biggest thing by far are, is uh, bowel problems. So. 
Do you know what the toilet situation is there? Have you been told? I I'm not some I've met, I've heard room I've heard different things. I've heard there's a box that you kind of shit in. But I've also been told Yeah, that it's at the airport. The first, <laughs> yeah. Well that might be the last one. I've, I've also been told that after the first day that people just poo anywhere and bury it. They do they? Yeah. So they've been I've been told that you you almost want to be careful what you how how much you dig. To, for your poo because you might dig up someone else's oh it's disgusting or is that is that just a lie I mean is that true oh, I think you've, I think I think someone sold you a lie with that one okay. <laughs> you think there's okay. like shit everywhere it's like the desert there's, there's so much space around there's no there's no way you're going to be you're going to be digging up someone else's poo what, what, well, what, good sort to of, what sort of weird fetishist have you been talking to um help oh, Danny <laughs> <laughs> okay alright then so, so Go on. Yeah, so what is the situation then? I'm not telling you. Because I've got a... I'm going to be taking a modium anyway. Yeah, I take... I take... Make sure you take toilet paper. So I'm going to take that, but I've got, I've got a theory that, for one, if I take a modium, I have to go to the toilet less often. Yeah. Because uh, get nice and blocked. And yeah. also, when I do go, it's going to be like a little diamond popping out. So it's going to be it's going to be hardly anything to clean up. That's disgusting. Well, that's what the th- that's what my theory is, and I, I think I think that <laughs> I don't think that it should works work in like my favour. I don't think it works like that. But look, we'll, oh, we'll it see. Does. We'll see. I, actually, that will work. It, the thing is, they have toilets separated from. Uh, do they have separate toilets for women? They have ones because they are because there are cultural differences um, between yeah. certain women competing. There are proper toilets for some of them that are more covered. So all you need to do is pretend to be a a woman. Which really, the women get proper like some women, not flushable, I assume. No, 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 no. But some, but like um, so they there's like normally a covering around the toilet area, but if it's a yeah. little bit windy, then you are somewhat exposed, especially when there's a queue of people. So the 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 possibility of um, using a toilet and accidentally catching the eye of someone who's waiting to use the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) And that potentially embarrassing situation is very high. So whatever you do when you're on the toilet, look down, look down, do not look up, because you're going to catch their eye. Actually, I've I've just thought of a good question that you can help me answer. Go on, go on. Because there do seem to be... People talk about cues for everything. Yeah. You've already mentioned it for the toilet. Um, I think there is for water. The internet, they, dog trotters. One, one thing, one thing they have is that the when you go through the water stations, I don't know if it's still true. Um, they have um, one side for the French and one side for everyone else, and the side for really? the French never has a queue, and the side for everyone else seems to. Yes. So can I just go bonjour, salut? <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Is that, that good enough? I'm sure you'll trick them that way. Well, if, well my question is, I I come into the camp, I finished the day. Yeah. I finished my, my day of running. In what order should I prioritize getting things because of the queues? There's not, I mean, there's not really, there's not, what queues are there going to be when you come into camp? For what? So get your feet sorted first. Because basically, what you want to do, you want to go, you want to be lying on your back, resting as much as possible. So yeah, just go in. Absolutely. First thing you go, go and sort your feet out. Because that will get busy, and then after okay. that, what else is there to do? There's nothing else. There's to water. Do. There's internet. There's well, you get uh, water as you cross the line. Do you, okay. Why do you want to go on the internet for? Why are you knobbing about with the internet? Because I want to keep the uh, the do badders updated on what's going on. I'm I'm going to write fake reports from you, so don't bother. There's, no, there's absolutely no. <laughs> well, that's point. even more of a reason why I want to do it. <laughs> no, 
And um, yeah, well, and, just and do I... that. Do get your feet done first because that's the thing that's going to take the longest. Feet, internet, and then get to um, get to your, your tent and get lying down and relax as much as possible. And, and eat. Now this is gone. I've got another theory as well. Okay. That I've dev- so the you know a lot of athletes when they finish their effort they'll get a nice cold bath. Yeah. And um, you know, this isn't helps... about this isn't about people pissing on you again, is it? Every, <laughs> recently, so every Andy single Perry's episode going to be out there. Every single episode has come back to someone urinating on someone else. I've that could be one one technique. It's not something I've thought about yet, but okay. They've also shown that hot baths are almost as good for removing the lactic. Right. So I was thinking when I was on a holiday when I lived in Cyprus. We there used to be days where you couldn't stand on the sand because it's too hot. Yeah. So I was thinking, rather than hot bath, if I just go and almost bury my legs in the really hot sand, it's like being in a hot bath, and that will be the same effect as having a hot bath and a you know a, a muscle flush. <laughs> yes, do that. Do that. Make sure you get someone to take a photo though, if you could. But I, I mean, I, I know, I know, no one else will be doing it because I doubt they'd have thought. Of it. When, when everyone zigs, maybe have a reason zag. as well. When everyone zigs, you zag. That's that is a key thing with the with the MDS. Don't follow the crowd, David. You do your own thing. Well, if I, I think in years to come, everyone might be doing it. <laughs> the first thing, the first thing you need to do is that everyone tries their hardest to avoid the sand. I think covering yourself in it is absolutely the right thing to do. <laughs> why are they see as long as I go and then wash myself afterwards as you said at Doc Trotter's <laughs> so I, I come in I get my drink oh god can we get Pete to, can, we get, can Pete film this can we get Pete along to film this this would just be well, this is going to be excellent well you say that Pete Pete has offered to donate quite a bit of money to Street Charles to not go if, if he does if he doesn't <laughs> if I record it um, if I do a podcast when I'm out there a, a record a video log while I'm out there yeah which I've obviously said I can't because of weight yeah. but it might be we could find someone else in my tent or someone else going that isn't so as fussed about the weight right but really wants the money for their charity right so maybe I can record a video while I'm out there potentially okay so what you've just said there relates to a point I'm going to make a little bit a little bit later okay okay but the thing is but you're talking there okay i was going to say that the forward planning this is point six that i think forward planning is completely worth it because you you do end up actually getting into a routine so you have to have a clear idea about what you what you need to do each day uh when you finish and getting into a routine was really really important so i always made sure when i came back i take everything off i'd it first thing i did was eat very first thing i did was eat yeah. Yeah. Um, just so I could get that out of the way. Then I sorted my feet out and then I would lie there with my feet elevated on my on my bag and that would be it. The only time I'd then get up after that would be to go and have a wee or something. And that was it. And <laughs> because I went to that routine so much, I didn't actually go and look at what my placing was for like the first four days. I had no idea where I was in the field. I didn't even know that they were putting them up on a board because um, I stuck to it. But I think you know, getting into getting into a routine in camp really really important and um the people that did that were you know su- well successfully completed it really. well i think yeah i think i'll do that so i mean that's why i'm asking these questions now so that i can mentally prepare myself especially the last few miles you'll just be get your, but the get first your, few days get your feet sorted first because that's where the big cues there were you know that that the numbers and that go up and up and up as the day goes by you you'll sit yeah. you don't want to be sit around yeah you'll be sitting in the sun waiting for 
waiting to go into dock trotting. You don't want that because that's just going to make you more dehydrated and you really want to be under the shade as much as possible. Um, Basically, cross the line, have my food while I'm doing my feet. Um, yeah, if then you have want a, to. Have a, have a sand bath. <laughs> if, you can have, if you can have a sand bath, have a sand bath before your feet because you don't want any sand around feet. your feet. Sand is bad. So, okay, so I can then wash it. Yeah, okay. So, so, this is, so this is the next thing, okay, related to sand. Now, anyone that thinks that, that running in the desert is just all about sand is sadly, sadly mistaken. Um, and actually, I'm going to ask you about what she's going to do because the desert is actually a whole lot more rockier than it is sandy and the the hardness of the ground the amount of rocks i I can't remember what shoes i wore now but they were ones that had like a reinforced toe um you know like proper like proper sort of trail ones and i'm so glad i did there were people that effectively had road shoes and they must their toes must have taken a battering because we were like there were rocks and stuff yeah rocks if you stood on you could you know turn your ankle you may even do that still um yeah (laughs) But you know, it's it was almost like it wasn't. It didn't feel like you know your expectation of what it's like running in the desert is very very different. I mean, I've no, you know, never run in the desert up to that point. But actually, you know, the, the, you run on riverbeds, so that's hard, hard mud, hard dusty uh, ground um, along wadis. You know, again, sort of hard and dusty. The dunes are, of course, sandy, um, and then a lot of the time it's just sort of this rocky ground. Um, that you're kicking these rocks solidly. And, you know, people actually kicking rocks into the back of your feet and other things. You're not going to experience that because you're fortunately going to be sort of out with a lot of, you know, what's it called going for that. But actually the, the, the terrain is, is really, really weird. Really, really weird. Um, uh, and, it, and it varies depending on, you know, which, which route you take. So what, what have you decided what shoes you're wearing? Not 100%. I mean, I've, I've, got, I've got some Innovate Ultra ones that are... They match what you're saying. They're pretty yeah. hard, toe capped, yeah. and they're pretty. I mean, they're they're, they're a big shoe. I'm I'm really used to racing in as light as possible. Yeah, because that's the and problem. That's the problem with the, with the ones that I had is that they they just weren't very breathable, and that's why my toes boiled because they weren't breathable. But the alternative would have been stubbing the hell out of my toes and you know probably bleeding or or whatever um so it's like it's a it's a it's a weird balance to take and i would i don't know do you do you ever run in heavier shoes not really um, other than i've trained in these but I've, I've not trained at speed in those really so i do also have i've got some adi zero ultras which are amazing they I mean the 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 innovate ones I, I think are perfect if you if you're doing ultras and you want a shoe i mean i'm sure they're going to do eight nine hundred miles um but the adizero ones are really light and they're quite they they're completely different to any other adizero i've ever had um the adizero boost ones but they fit like a glove so when you you actually have to almost pry open the the opening of the shoe to put your foot in and then it clamps around your ankle so it's it's really lovely feel they they're very meshy so i'm sure they'll expand as well quite easily if your foot does expand as well yeah the only two question marks would be it's so meshy it wouldn't surprise me if fine sand can get through it anyway i'm not sure how well it's going to be for have you got having the gaiters sewn onto it yeah you sort of you do need the gaiters you really do um i'm I'm definitely doing the gaiters but um i'll definitely do that And, and then there's there's no support on the toe so if i if you kick something you're just kicking it Right, but do you, I mean how likely? Because I, I I'm quite used to running in trail. I do watch my feet when I do run. 
do you think I'm still going to have problems with that? Um, the the issue came that when it was in areas where I mean I kicked a lot of lot of stones and stuff, but there were some times where there was a little bit of a crowd and stuff, so you can always see at your feet and everything. So that, that yeah. caused a bit of an issue. You're not going to have that issue. But there were sections that I did a lot of running along the South Downs Way, and that's quite chalky, mm. and there's a lot of sort of stones and stuff on that that you end up kicking. And it was actually yeah. really, really similar in parts to that. So if you're used to sort of running on that, it's actually a very good... It, it, there's, a, there's sort of a likeness. I, you can clearly see your, the path in front of you, yeah. and you should be okay, and I think you will. So okay. you, but the thing is, you ha- you, there's no like switching off. Um, in some sections of it, you have yeah. to like really be conscious of, of 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 where you're running. On you know, well, you don't want to step on a rock and do something, twist, turn your ankle, or, or something like that, especially on that. Yeah. So so yeah, you'll be fine if as long as you you know, as long as tired doesn't get the better of you and you've eaten enough, you should be absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm still that's the thing. I'm the innovate are the they're the traditional one, they're the safe one, they're the the one that's guaranteed really and and i'm sure 99 percent of people doing the mds they'd be the right shoe for them oh are you sure yeah i mean I, I, you, they, wait a minute wait a minute is this a sponsor's message what's going on <laughs> this is the, the least subtle are you being paid for this no, should, no, we, I mean, should i be getting I, a cut of this what's going on I'm, i've not actually compared them to any other shoes so it might just be that all <laughs> ultra shoes are like that although actually the, the laces are annoyingly thin they come undone quite easily so you've got to triple Brilliant. Triple not Brilliant, yeah. But the yeah, the Ada Zero ones, I just I love running feeling like I'm in a in a racing shoe. I love that feeling of lightness and I think psychologically it could change how I feel quite dramatically having that shoe on rather than the, the heavier Oh wait a minute. Ultra. Is this we're we're making excuses early here. We're blaming the shoe already. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> You, so, as well as saying it's the, probably the best shoe for anyone running the MDS, it could also be the thing that scuppers your, your, <laughs> your, your, your top well, bit I facing. I don't know how much of an impact it's going to have, that, that, you know, a choice well, like that. The great thing know, is, we'll see, won't we? <laughs> yeah, well, we won't see, we won't see 100% because we won't be able to compare. We won't be able to contrast the two unless I go back the next year in exactly the same conditions. Uh, but I, I guess I'm edging towards the... the the ultra shoes, the, the innovate ones, just yeah. because I guess the downside, the downside of those are I might not be quite as quick. No, uh, no. Downside of the yeah. There's a really, there's a really weird thing that um, I don't I don't know what made me think of this all of a sudden. But what you were saying there is that about being quick, and for for the majority of people running it, being quick isn't isn't it doesn't factor in you know what they when they start out they don't say oh. I want to be top Brit or I want to get a top 10 place or something. Most people are just, I just want to finish it. But it's weird how quickly that changes and that transitions to, I want to run it as fast as I can. And that's what happened to me. And that's what happened to a lot of people during that. They were just like, when you realize that your body can adapt so quickly and you You mean when they get there or before when they get there. So before every, you know, there's a lot of people who are just completists, shall we say, and they just want to, they just want to finish it without it, you know, killing them. And then as you get there, and I don't, it might be a mixture of the fact your body's adapting, you're feeling pretty strong doing it, um, you realise that a lot of it's mental and actually it's not physical, and also you're probably a bit bored as well, because there isn't yeah. anything else, but once you run it, you know, you're only running for like a few hours each day, and the rest of the time you're just you're sat around basically giving abuse to your, your tent mates, <laughs> uh, just do, doing this basically in tent for, uh, for, for the rest of the time. Yeah. And, 
and so you know, it, all of a sudden, I suppose you start setting yourself those challenges. But it's weird. It's weird how it changes you while you're doing it, and you yeah. gain you know that sort of mental strength. Um, uh, you realise that it's just about mental strength and, and stuff. But yeah, d- just what you were saying there just made me made me realise about that you know, being competitive. But then, right. So here's point eight, and this is really okay. important because we're talking about tent mates and everything. Yeah. In every tent. There are two people you need to look out for. And this, without fail, this is in every single tent. Okay. And this is why you should always plan your team before you get there. Make sure that you, have, you know. When I, when I got there, I made sure that I knew the people that I was in the tent with because we'd met on previous ultras and stuff like that. We'd already agreed. And yeah. so in every tent, there's always one elite knobhead and there's always <laughs> one fucking nutcase. And so this goes without fail. They, they do cross over, and normally the elite knobhead and the fucking nutcase have either one's invited the other one in. And let me tell you, right, so the nutcase is yeah. someone who is doing this for all the wrong reasons. They're doing it because they think it's going to be the first step of a major career path for them. They're running it for, they say they're running it for charity or something. They're the ones that, you know, they bring their mobile phone with them and end up shouting into the phone while you're all trying to, like, have a really good experience. They're the ones that they make up stuff. As you go along, there's there's always that nutcase, and then there's the elite knobhead. And I think in your tent, <laughs> it's going to be clear who the elite knobhead's going to be, because well, maybe I'm all, maybe I'm the other one as well. Well, you you could you could be both, because there's there's yeah. one there's one thing that you learn about the elite knobhead, as it becomes very quickly. Now, let me just try and pitch this for you. Have yeah. you ever have you ever had a mate who, um, you know, is quite a good mate and everything, and but every now and then they ask for like a tenner. They go, oh, "Can you lend me a tenner? You know, is that all right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, right, okay, give me tenner. And then they see him again. They're like, oh, is it all right if I, like, if I keep on your sofa tonight? Is that all right? Is it all right? And you're like, oh, God, yeah. And this goes on and on. And then they became a bit, yeah, they're known as a bit of a, like, a ligger. And, you know, yeah. and every time you see them, like, oh, can, can, I, can I have a sip of your drink? And they're always doing that. They're always asking for something. And they never give anything back. That is what that elite knobhead turns into as the week goes on start scrounging off of everyone else knowing that, that they've got no food left, that they've not carried anything with them and so they, they start relying on everyone else within the tent to provide them with food because they know that they've, well, they've, they've run out. And so that's, that's when you turn it, well, when I say you, I'm assuming it's going to be you, well, that's when you turn into that annoying scrounger. Oh no. Yeah, it's going to well, be you. It's going to be you. I'm hoping, I'm hoping I've, I've got enough with me anyway. I've, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's probably going to be true. I th- I'm, I'm, I'm I'm someone who who cleans up everyone's plate anyway. So if we're if we're out for dinner, <laughs> you're going to be going tent to tent. All right, mate. You, yeah. you finish. You finish with that. Uh, uh, you, you still got a bit of food on <laughs> your finger. Do you want to wash this up for you? You've got a bit of food on your finger. Do you mind if I lick that? You've got you've got you've got a bit of food on your lip. Can, yeah, can I give you a kiss? Pretty much. I mean, can I, can I Claire, lick your plate? Can I lick your plate? Claire, Claire knows I will eat anything that's left out, or anything left on the table, or. Um, it's the worst is when we sit down at tables and they haven't been cleaned away yet, and you're staring at food. <laughs> no, <laughs> thinking, you don't. <laughs> and and you, you like look at it and think, okay, he's clearly bitten half of that chip, but that chip is completely untouched. <laughs> that is that is a pure chip. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm sure that's. I mean, there's there's a high possibility that's going to be me. 
There is um, a yeah. There'll, there'll be there'll be. There's always mumblings about the the uh, the guy who's obviously running it to to win it or whatever. And so everyone's getting slightly knocked off at this having to start sharing. You know, someone's bought a packet of M and M's, and all of a sudden it gets offered to the elite person, and everyone's like, "Oh, why does he get like the M and M's and stuff? You know, it's, it's his fault he didn't bring anything. Yeah, I had to chuck away like half a half a kilo of uh, the." Uh... Things. I think I'd be too polite to ask. Oh, you'll just do the puppy dog eyes, <laughs> or you'll start, or you'll start promising sexual favors. It's a long, it's been long, cold nights out here, isn't it? As you slip it'll be into, worth it, guys. Ten into... mates, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. <laughs> I'm know, fantastic. Do, do, do you know um, who your tent mates are, or are you going to sort that when you get out there? Well, I there's there's a few guys who I met doing Pilgrim's Way, oh, uh, yeah. Pilgrim's Challenge, who were really nice guys actually, and so I think. We've all, well, we've all been emailed saying about potentially getting together. Then there's a guy in the group who seems to be more of a self promoter than even I am, which is, is going some. Yeah, I mean, he, he he seems to be. I haven't figured out yet if he's he's genuinely hilarious and would be brilliant to have a ten mate. Oh, I think, think we found one of the two, much. haven't you? We found... <laughs> <laughs> or whether it's just too much and it, it do your head in. So I'm not sure yet. Um, and then Elizabeth as well, um, Elizabeth Barnes, who she was, well, she was top female worldwide last year. Right. I've I've chatted to her the, uh, every now and then about stuff, and just mentioned it. So I I think she's actually got a tent sorted, but it might be. <laughs> I like uh, that. Yeah, yeah, you got. Yeah, I've got it sorted. Desperately tries to find someone else with a tent. Yeah, yeah, got it sorted, David. Uh, yeah, can't there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I. I think she she wasn't sure if she was in this group or not. Um, oh yeah, that one. Oh, I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, I'll have to check. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I mean we we don't know each other well enough that it would be rude for her to not t- to turn me down on a TED offer. Oh right. Yeah. Um, there was yeah. So there was a there was a. I went to one of the um, MDS days. Yeah, you know you went to it recently, didn't you? And um, yeah. I met a couple there who basically uh, no, I didn't. A guy who knew, who had a couple, and they they went. I think the boyfriend and girlfriend, husband wife. And basically, mm. the the females in the partnership, her behaviour because they were in a group full of um, other guys, just guys yeah. and him and his girlfriend. Wife, her behaviour deteriorated so much that it got to the end, and he was like. Can I have my wife back, please? Because <laughs> she was just like farting and burping and like, being one of the lads, and he was sort of like seeing, <laughs> seeing her femininity being like eroded by this this environment. Brilliant. I think I'd like to have a girl in the tent just so to keep to keep it to keep the clean, men yeah above board. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. The be- the tent the tent I think is the best thing about it. It's just coming back each day. Everyone coming back at the different times and stuff like that. Um, it's gonna be good for you because you're gonna be the first back, so you'll be able to see everyone come in, and you know it'll be it'll be good. It's really good. I mean, you know, I, yeah, I have such fond memories of of that. But yeah, so like the ninth point then, and this is I don't know if I should tell you this. I'm not sure okay, I should tell not? you this. Well, the ninth point. Well, it's about the finish. Okay. Um, up to you. I don't mind. No, I'm not going to tell you it. But the ninth the finish. Point, ninth. It's about the finish. About the finish of the whole thing. Well, how you feel or what actually happens. Or how you feel. Because how, how I felt is different from how... We don't actually, I'll, I'll, I'll find out. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. But how I felt was very different from how I thought I was going to feel. Yeah, I've, I've no idea, to be honest, because I, I, it's so hard to, to even imagine what's, how hard I'm going to find it. What's the, what's the hardest race you've done up to this point? Um, that you've, I mean, this is finished as well. I know that 
that's i'm not including um uh, special forces hell week in this i wouldn't i wouldn't say there's any that i've really got to the end of and thought wow i had to dig deep there well you haven't pushed hard enough have you maybe i mean maybe the om the om was i don't think it's, it's the hardest of the ones i've done but actually the hard, a hard race is, is so personal isn't it yeah, yeah but have, on... you, have you ever got to the end of a race and it's been so hard and exhilarating that you've burst into tears i cried at the end of the milan marathon because i didn't think i'd i'd got under 245 what did you get um i did i did get under 245 thank god but <laughs> it was more i'd i'd my, i had my watch set up yeah so i was looking at the time coming in and then i and i was running the per mile splits just about right yeah but the the actual the minutes that the because it then went to 2.45 and the seconds the way I had my watch set up meant I could only see that it was 2.45 I couldn't see, or 2.44 I couldn't see if it was 2.44.01 or 2.44.50 so then it meant when I was running in I felt I the last mile and like great I've got this and I was just carrying up my pace you know pushing hard but not going absolutely crazy just being sensible and then as I turned the corner I saw the clock click 2.45 and shat myself absolutely pegged it to cross the line yeah and so i knew i'd i'd finished outside of 245 on the official start time oh yeah yeah because i was really confused at the time i couldn't you know i was tired i I couldn't remember how long it had taken me to cross the line so i was i i was six seconds under 245 but i thought i'd missed it because of my watch because i knew that it was okay if i'd have missed it it would have been by two or three seconds and had I have had my watch properly, I would have easily been able to have shaved two or three seconds off that last mile if I'd have known that I had to. So when I crossed the, the finish line, I, I trained so hard from it, for it, and I'd done everything gone so well. I knew I was on for it. I you know, ran really hard for it. So then to, to think, fuck, I've just blown it all off this. And I, I can't face having to do all that training again and sacrificing it all again, and it was just that that oh. frustration and emotion, yeah. But that that's the only time I think I've I've been that exhausted. Really? I mean, so no, I wasn't I wasn't exhausted then. No, I wasn't wasn't physically exhausted. I mean, I was obviously very tired. But no, I can't think of anything that would probably compare with the stuff you've done. Yeah. Well, what's yours? No, no, no. I'm 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 not going to say any more. But this, I'd be interested to see how you uh, what happens at the end. Okay. Because people react to it in different ways. I'm just be interested to um, to to see to hear from you. In fact, I if, think if if you finish, <laughs> I I think they'll definitely involve three words, which one of them is Fuck you, you one buddy. Of them... <laughs> no, not buddy, but. To the Filipino community. <laughs> oh, um, you are going to go and do press-ups on that line, aren't you? Oh, you're damn right. I'm one for every mile you've run. One for every uh, <laughs> every day. <laughs> Can manage that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, the tenth, the tenth thing, um, which I'm, I'm not entirely sure this is true, but it's certainly true mm. for me, is that um, I guarantee you'll want to do it again. I guarantee. How many people do you know who've gone back who've done it? Not many. Why do we not many? Well, pretty much everyone I know has. No one from like. Well, I think I I can't see myself. Well, I might want to go back, but three grand and that level of training. Oh no, no, I'm not saying you will, but what you'll want to. 
Come on. The thing is, is if you're first ma- British male and you get a really good time, there's gonna. It's all fine and well you doing it without the Kendall there. Yeah. But it's almost you've got to. You'll have to go back and you have to race Kendall properly. <laughs> there's no point. What is the no point? Me. What? I, no, I don't believe that that's true. He absolutely would destroy me. Oh, you've given up already. Why even bother going? It's not. Even, it's not giving up. It's it just is giving a, up. It is giving it's, up. It, well, it's. Why, he, are you, why are you so scared of him? I'm, well, there's no fear. There's no fear, there's no fear at all. It's just. It's just a difference in abilities. He's psyched you out already. It's just a difference in abilities. You put such a down on yourself. Why? Why do we? Are you? Are you going for sympathy here? Because you're not going to get it from me. No, I, I'm just going for. I'm, I'm trying to give you a reality check uh, oh. on, on on his powers versus mine. No, I there's a reason we worship him. <laughs> I love it if you got on that aeroplane and he you start you know, you turn around and he's walking down that aisle and you're going he's he's, he's the pilot <laughs> he's flying the plane he's setting Welcome up camp board Kendall Air <laughs> oh Danny what are you going to run for Danny are you going to have a picture of Danny on your t-shirt <laughs> I was wondering actually whether I should take some kind of wristband or. <laughs> Something. I don't know. Can you, that weight? That sort of weight? Is it? What do you mean? Well, you know the you know the way in sales that you know you you you're meant to visualise why you're doing things and positive reinforcement, and all that. I was wondering whether I should take a <laughs> wristband just to remind myself of something personal or I think you know you a message take... about street child or I don't, I don't know what I'd have oh. on it, but just something that when I'm really feeling low, I can look at that and be like, "Come on." That's a nice idea. I had a, a mantra that I always used to say to myself. I, but I, I think we talked about this before. I can't really remember yeah. what it was. I think it was something like Jody, you can do this, or something like that. <laughs> oh wow, that's brilliant! Oh no, it, it was it was obviously more than that, but it was something, something yeah. along those lines. Why don't you just? You're, I mean, you're going to say to yourself, "You're going to smash this con- constantly." How about getting one? Of, you know those watches that's got Mickey Mouse on that has his arms yeah. going round. Why don't you get one of like Danny Kendall, but with his legs going round, so he looks like he's running? That's a really good idea, yeah. and, but I get it doing it for each second so it looks like he's going incredibly quickly <laughs> or maybe i should just get it Dante to a, a kendalometer i oh, know what you should do is you should have a you know you can wear those hats that you know like the sort of like the chasing the, like the carrot type thing so you a hat that dangles yeah. a carrot in front of you but it's a reverse one and it dangles a picture of dante behind you so it's as though he's chasing <laughs> you so it keeps it keeps you moving at an incredible pace <laughs> But I, I I don't know whether it because it's, it's things like that might actually really help. Just small little stupid things that maybe because when I went into Ultimate Hell Week, I had WWJBD for what would Jack Bauer do? I just thought if I'm really feeling low, that for one that will make me smile, and then it would probably make me think, yeah, Jack Bauer would smash this. Come do on, let's get on it. You you need one that says what would Andy Parry do? What would Andy Parry do? Yeah. Andy Parry. What would Andy Parry's wife say? What would Andy Parry's wife say? Oh, you didn't. I haven't told you this yet. So after after last week, when we watched the video of Andy doing the nuts in eight hours and just just be a complete hero, slogging it round. Yeah. Apparently, when he went, his wife saw him. Went. You didn't do very well, did you? You Got beat by everyone. (laughs) She just slated him for all of it. No positive. No, well done. No, I'm really proud of you. Oh, I can't believe you got through that. Oh, that looked hard. Just straight in with the. You didn't meet many people, did you? Oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> Mrs. Parry. Mrs. Parry. What would Mrs. Parry tell, say to you? How, yeah, how... 
That's amazing. Oh no! Well, I hope that has that has that given you any value whatsoever. I don't imagine it has really. Well, potentially not doing a sand bath. <laughs> you don't need me to go through ten things to know to know that doing a sand bath isn't the best idea. I think it's a genius idea. Well, you, well you've got to try it. I love the yeah. idea. I love the idea of you getting all your feet sorted and then pulling all the um, all the tissue off your um, your feet from the blisters and stuff and all these open blisters and stuff and then you getting in some sand. Going, oh, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies. Hello, ladies. Look at me. I'll be, I'll be doing sand. a fake back shake as well. <laughs> Way. Way. I don't mind sand all in here, all in my blisters. Lovely. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think if I've got any, any good questions to ask you. I mean, one thing, people are, are talking quite a lot about food preparation so feet pe- preparation in advance of yeah. rubbing ointments into them or um, methylated spirit or these these foot oh, foot rubbish these just poor protection creams or... just no, don't do any of that stuff i think someone someone had a problem with that that they did some rub some of that stuff in their feet and um part of the skin fell off it went hard and fell off and then it exposed a load of really soft skin underneath so it's just, all I did, the only preparation I did, and I think my feet hand, were handled brilliantly, apart from the fact my, you know, my toes boiled, was um, just walking around on my feet, bare feet, most of the time, and so just hardening them a little bit. Starting rubbing when you stuff say walking them. around on your bare feet, like at home? Yeah, at home. Okay. Because one thing I was also considering was sleeping on the floor in advance. Yeah, just see, that's the thing. I, I, when I went, I had luxury. I had a... Um, like an inflatable I think only for my top half and I even invested in a inflatable pillow but my god that made such a difference I had such a good night's sleep I don't suggest you I mean you could just like lie on your bag or something like that Um, but I like to have my feet up on the bag which which I think worked worked really well I had I I wore compression um, what's called compression leggings as well so I basically that's that's all I had on just you see a lot of other man others you know a lot of skin I have to say a lot of skin. Yeah. A lot of, there's almost like near nudity all the time. But yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I would get you. I think, I think people were trying to find boxes and stuff, uh, cardboard and stuff to sleep on. Um, it's yeah. depending on how early you can get there. I don't know what the rules are on finding that, but I think that if you get hold of some of that, you can do it. Um, uh, well, my friend Mark told me he, he was top Brit a few years back. They used to do that where they transported all the water yeah. in cardboard boxes and then. All the elites got screwed because one year they changed the plastic and they all turned up expecting to have these couple boxes knowing they'd finished first or, yeah. or near the front and none of them then had anything to sleep on. I mean, the ground is horrible. I mean, if you are, if you, I don't know what you're going to sleep on to prepare yourself for that, but it is horrible. So much so that with the inflatable, you have to clear the ground around it so that there's not, you don't, you don't burst it. Um, so it's horrible yeah. and rocky. So I've, I've been told when you come in, you, you take up the mat and you sweep away all the stones yeah. in the tent. Have you slept like on a, on a hard ground before? I mean, it's not cold or anything. Oh, it does get, oh, wait a minute. It does, it does get cold. Yeah. I don't ever remember no, I mean, being that cold. I've, I've kind of had mixed advice on this. So I've been told as long as you've got something underneath your hips and underneath your shoulders, then the rest of you is fine. Yeah. Pillow, I've been, yeah, as you said, putting your, your feet up on your bag is quite nice for draining them and therefore having a blood pillow is, is, is nice in that respect. Yeah, that's, that's uh, too much weight for you, isn't it? yeah probably is yeah Yeah. and um so sleeping on but i i I normally don't have a pillow really when i sleep at home anyway you're not normally lying on hard ground yeah that's true but have you you slept on hard ground before i must have done at times because you're not it's not it's not so much 
like uh, one night or whatever. It's just over that prolonged period. It, the pro- the problem is if it keeps you up, if you can't sleep, mm. that's when it becomes an issue. And that's that's really it. If you can sleep with it, it's fine. And, and you I'm should be you should be so tired. The thing is, you should be so tired after running that, and you're not eating lots, so you should be tired enough for it not to make such an issue. But I. I would ne- I'd never not take a, a, a thing, but then that's my choice. I'm, and know, I'm, I'm, I'm partly assuming that I, I'll get a nap in the daytime as well. Yeah, I mean, by the time you're back, there's so much, there's so much time. You're just, mm. you're, you're, most of the time, you're lying around. Mm. Oh, do they still have the Paris Opera? I don't know. Well, to start you off. No. Do you know about that? Did you not know? No, no, no. Oh... I thought it was well known. It could well be. The, I, I don't. I haven't really been mixing with anyone, haven't you? And talking about MDS, I'm, I'm part of their Facebook group that discuss. I suppose I, I knew about it loads because you know, in ultra running, everyone talks about it all the time. So yeah, you know anything about? But um, but yeah, that's a nice treat. A really nice treat. Brilliant. And any other kind of advice that you think would be worthwhile or little tidbits? Um, this sounds really stupid, but just really enjoy it. I loved it so. The thing is, one thing. Okay, you you all think you think you're obsessed with the map, and I don't know what it's going to be like for you because you're going to be you know um, running on your own and everything. But I barely looked at the map. People were studying the maps for ages and the the uh, the road books and stuff like that. And really, you don't you don't need, well you don't need to look at it when you're in a line of people. There's never there's never really much of an issue. There's only the only point I ever got close to getting lost was at night during the long stage. Um, yeah. When yeah, some of the Berber kids stole the night light things off the top of the dunes, so you couldn't see where you were going. But I had a, had a compass, so I knew that I was going in the right direction. And that was that was really it. You don't really need the road book and stuff like that. I don't know if, if, if when you're out front, how, how much and you And what time it. does it get dark? Because is it, is it possible I could finish before yeah. the, yeah, it the is. night? It is. Yeah, people have done that before. So it is entirely possible. Because I, I think we start at 12 on the long day. And I'm anticipating I'll be finishing in nine hours. Yeah, you're going to be coming in when it's not going to be going to be too uh, too dark. Yeah, because you start you're, if you're, one of, one of the you start like two hours later than everyone else or something, or an hour oh, later. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the elites go off after. I mean, that's the good thing on the long day. You're running, and then all the elites come past you, and it's a really it's really good to see to see that happen. Uh, it's really you know, and you see the speed that they're going, which is frightening um, when you're sort of like trudging along. There's a lot of people do it to take uh, poles. I made that mistake of taking poles with me, and I didn't need them. I never used yeah. them. I've used poles when doing, and I did the transalpine mountain stuff, which absolutely essential. But it was a bit of a mistake taking them um, to the MDS because I just I didn't I didn't I didn't need them. I ju- I took poles, a lot of stuff that I didn't I didn't. Poles need. are really good if you need like a your house extending or. Um... <laughs> you might need the tent extending. You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> buffs, buffs. Brilliant. Take buffs. That's buffs. what you need. Buffs, buffs are so- or anything. Buffs sort everything out. Okay. And what's yeah, your nipples? Take... What's your nipples? And what taking something to rub on them? No, no, no. Stop people from um, like your tent mates from tweaking them when you're asleep. All those japes, those sort of those sort That's of hilarious things as well. So yeah, it's oh, good. it's gonna be amazing. I can't wait. I can't wait for you to do it <laughs> to talk about it. It's gonna be brilliant. I so wish I was going. Maybe yeah. I'll... Maybe I'll go with Pete next year. Well, Pete's going next year. Yeah, that's so. it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go with Pete next year. Brilliant. Well, I will, um, I've got another week of intense training, and then I guess I'll be set. So um, I shall. I guess we'll catch up next week. All right then, man. Cheers. I hope, hope it goes well with uh, with the physio. Well, you know, I think I'm, I could, by this time next week, I could be registered disabled. <laughs> Men- mentally. <laughs> mentally, yeah. <laughs> Your wife's had enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Cool. 
See you later. Cheers, buddy. Pleasure yeah. as always. Bye.